0: Good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And tonight we're going to get real. We're going to talk about education. We're going to talk about life in rural Oregon. We're going to talk about an innovative school in Paisley, Oregon. Um, and I don't know if you guys want to, if, when we're done with this show, what you should do is go on our YouTube channel and just look up Paisley, Oregon. And you'll see a story I did a couple of years ago, Kathy and I were doing a travel series for Toyota, and ended up, I don't even remember what well, we were doing stuff for the Lakeview Chamber of Commerce. So, if you don't know where Paisley is, it's way in the southeast corner, kind of down. They can, we, I'll, I'll have them explain where it is, but it's near Lakeview um, in a, a very small part of Oregon, very rural uh, and very cool. And they had a school and they uh, were students, they didn't have a lot of students. And in order to save the school, they had to create it into a charter school. They start bringing in exchange students and then they start doing all kinds of innovative and creative things. And voila, uh, they have a school. So our show is sponsored by JDEV Investments. It's Jim St. Clair and Daniel Basarama. And these guys go in and they buy commercial property and and, uh, residential property, renovate it, fix it up, lease it out. Some of the places you go, George and Violets in Springfield, they own that. New Little Development down in the Whitaker. Um, Daniel really likes what we do. And he called me up and said, I want to sponsor your show because I like that you're bringing all kinds of topics to people. And if you guys are ever out there and you want to do that, we would love to have more sponsors. Always looking for sponsors. And Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where they not only do your basic dental work, they do crowns that are american made made right here in the pacific northwest and they also do dentures now and now is a really good time if you're having any tooth pain to get in before the end of the year if you have dental insurance and you're meeting you're, you've met your deductible what the heck are you waiting for you can go get crowns done you can get your dentures done whatever you need Um, And Dr. Michael Bratlin is one of our major sponsors here at the show. So what are we going to do tonight? Well, we're going to take you to Paisley, Oregon. And so I got to tell you kind of how this happened. I was reading online, actually, and I saw an article about Stu Burgess, and he's a former teacher here in, um, actually in Oregon, in the Valley there, Elmira. And he had moved, and I'll have him tell you that story, to Paisley, Oregon, for a very good reason, and started up a radio class and so I, we've been getting in touch for a couple of months here and saying, when's it going to be a good time? So he found me some really great students that are going to join us. Um, one, well, let's just bring Stu on first. Stu, welcome. It's good to have you on here. Thank you. So all the Elmirans will be going, wait, the Venetians and the Elmirans will be going, wait, I, I know him. Probably. <laughs> oh, I remember him. And then we have Anna Robinson. Hi. And she's the, she's the good kid. And then we have Colton, the <laughs> troublemaker. <laughs> no, these two are brother and sister. They're also in the program. And so we invited them on to talk a little bit about what it is that they do. So, Stu, first, let's start with you. Um, Elmira teacher, was it a high school? high school teacher?
1: Right, at the high school.
0: And you worked on a radio program out there in Veneta in, in conjunction with the country fair. And then tell people kind of what happened.
1: Yeah, so the KOCF at 92.7 FM and streaming at kocf.org, they want me to say that, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> they uh, started a, a very low power radio station um, thanks to the Oregon Country Fair getting the license. And that started in 2015. And I heard about it. I got an email from uh, my, my principal, and he said, Hey, are you interested in this? Uh, along with John Goldegger, who I don't yeah. know if you remember that name, but oh, yeah. his dad was synonymous with radio and Eugene. And John and I said, yeah, we would like to get involved with that. Um, John took on some other roles at the school, more administrative and, and counseling and things. So I was the teacher part, but uh, we, we did kind of co-teach it, but I was the class. And uh, the people at the Oregon Country Fair that were running the station were just so supportive and outstanding and worked with us. And we got kids on the air. We produced all kinds of things. They, when COVID hit, we broadcast the uh, graduation on KOCF. So it was just a great experience there. But when COVID did hit, obviously our radio program shut down as far as the high school. Right. And at the same time, I went into a teaching mode that was not familiar to any teacher, Zooming. And even though, I I mean, I was very proud that the kids said whatever I was doing right, I was doing right, because they liked my Zoom classes. But it was frustrating for them and frustrating for me. And uh, you know, teachers need an audience, comedians need an audience, preachers need an audience. You can't you can't zoom that way.
0: You know. So you thought about retiring, but then you had this daughter. And I have people. a
1: daughter, and my daughter had moved to Lakeview. My ex-wife lives in Lakeview, and my daughter had moved to to Lakeview, and and my grandson, and she was going to get married and have another grandson or granddaughter sorry and it was just too far to go to see the grandkids and the daughter and the son-in-law and everything so i said i think i'm gonna retire and move over there and then mr howder here at the school i i think i'd i'd ask lakeview and i asked paisley you know if you got any jobs i might be interested if we get out of the zoom and stuff and mr howder was very interested and said you know it's it's rare when we get experienced teachers we usually get new teachers, you know, at the start of their career. Right. And he was a great guy, said uh, But along the way, he said, Oh, and we have a radio station. I hear, you know, you're into that. And I'm like,
0: Sold. <laughs> <laughs> he he, he, guess what? Stu, you fell for He already knew. The, and the only are... funny
1: thing, another funny thing, too, is our middle school teacher at Fern Ridge Middle School. Uh huh. She She's the principal there. She used to be at the ESD here and she wrote the grant that started this radio station
0: 30 years ago. So, so it's a small world. So did you start it back up or was it just? Um...
1: No, there, it was already been run uh, named, and the kids can help me. Bruce Errington, is that his name right? Yes. Mr. Errington was running it and uh, he was already doing a great job, but he was, uh, I think he was retiring or moving moving out of the city. And so there was an opening there uh, there was English and social studies teacher needed, so I just fit right in and hopefully I made a good fit for him.
0: So Anna, who here is your station then? Like, where does it go? Like, you know what I mean?
2: Um, I'm not sure from what I know, it's broadcast all over.
0: What, still where does it how far, how far does it reach? Uh, we go, since it is the
1: high desert and FM is line of sight, you know, we go quite a ways. We are low power. Um, but we get, if so in Lake County, uh, Lakeview's about 44 miles away, and we get about halfway there because then there's a ridge you have to go over after Valley Falls. So it cuts out up there. If you go the other way, it goes past Summer Lake, and uh, there's another ridge up there. It goes as far as that ridge, so it goes about another 22, 30, 30 miles that way because there's a big lake that gives that line of sight, you know, a flat look so So, uh and then we're also on the internet we do stream it it's
0: FM. so we're also streaming so colton what kind of programs do you guys have
3: on your station uh as far well i'm not sure if these are what you're asking as far but we've done different like sections of things, like a lot of kids wrote things called This I Believe Essays, where they wrote an essay on what they believe. We do public service announcements, promotional things, student-led book talks, history minutes, and drama plays on the radio. Really?
1: We do have some other syndicated programs. Uh, we have, since we're very much a ranching community, we have Red Stagall's Cowboy Corner, where he talks to People that raise horses or uh, like Larry Mahan's on this week, a famous uh, uh, rodeo, you know, star. And then we have another program called Clear Out West or the Cow Show for short. And those guys tell cowboy poetry and cowboy songs and, you know, yarns and stuff. Uh, We also have some programs that KOCF produces. They partner with us for several programs that the uh, volunteers over there do. So and now, yeah.
0: what's, what's that? Is that another station there?
1: Well, KOCF's the one that that the Oregon Country Fair wants. Oh, okay. So, so my, yeah, I still even do a show on that station still today. Uh, I volunteer and do old time radio show there for you know classic radio programs, and I do that here and there. And then I have several. I have like three producers from there that do shows on our station here. They just it's on both
0: channels. So. Anna, what, what have you learned from this? Because you're kind of, you said you were kind of shy, although you're not that shy.
2: Um, from the radio specifically, I've learned a lot about how to step out of my comfort zone and how to talk on the radio, which is, it's more difficult than people think it is.
0: What's the hard part for you? Uh,
2: just the talking part in general. I have really bad issues with speaking in public. Speaking to a bunch of people, realizing that everybody else is hearing what I'm saying.
1: She actually won our our Golden Microphone Award last year,
0: so don't let her fool you. She's good at it. So, so you, what you're saying, I think, Anna, to what I'm getting is you used to be shy, and this has kind of helped you come out of your shell. Yeah. What so, do you want? Uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to give you an
1: example of she was. She's our. I think you're our president for the FFA, right? Yeah. And so they went to the national convention, and one of the things they did was they have a, they had a lawn yard sale with trying to raise money to go, and she would come up on the radio, and you know promote it, say hey, what we got down here right now is this, and you can come and buy this and stuff. So it's those type of tie-ins that are really cool to see with the school, I think.
0: Uh, Brandy Harris says we just moved here last week. Um, are you in Paisley, Brandy? Is that where you, you're saying you moved to Paisley, Oregon uh, last week? What what I want, I wish I would have found this. So you you kind of played off of the PBS series they used to do on, um, if, if you folks out there watching this have never seen this, well, I would love to know what you guys said too, but you, it's really something powerful. I mean, it's people just talking about the basic things that they believe. So
3: Colton, did you do the, what I believe? Uh, yes, I did. I don't really remember 100% when I did it on, but I remember doing it. So what's it like living in Paisley? Um, well, it. I can't really have too much of an opinion on it because I've never lived anywhere that's bigger than Paisley besides Prineville when I was really little. So I've never really experienced a bigger city life, but I personally enjoy living in a smaller town like Paisley? so what, yeah. but I, that's, Go ahead, Sue.
1: Well, I just wanted to, in case people don't know, Paisley only has about 230 people in the city and a community of maybe about 400. And then the next biggest towns are Lakeview, 44 miles away. Bend or North Lake, which isn't really a town, but that community is maybe 1,000, 1,500. So we are very remote. So these kids uh, have to travel even to play sports. It's a long travel for them.
0: So Colton, is it, it, what do you like about it? What is it? I mean, I know you haven't lived anywhere else really, but that does, I bet a lot of my viewers have never lived where you live. And so what are the
3: things that, what, that you like about it? I mean, uh, just walking around the town. If you walk around town, just anybody you see, you could name them, you know, them, like it's a very friendly community. You know, every single person, basically, unless you're very new here. I mean, the cl- The shops here are kind of all bunched up in a line. So if I walk for three minutes, I can get to all of the stores in the entire town. (laughs) So so when you, because I'm living now in a town of 2200
0: and I used to live in Springfield and Eugene. And you know, that's an area of like 350,000. And it's like, everybody knows you, huh? Yeah. So, Colton, do people, do you get in trouble that way with people knowing who, Oh, look at Anna. Oh, don't, Colton, yeah.
2: No, yeah. I don't get in
0: trouble. <laughs> His mom knows what he's going to do wrong before he's even done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the things about living in a small town. So, Anna, what, um, what do you want to do when you grow up?
2: Um, I am not this dead set on a specific career, but I was looking at being a school psychologist or a teacher.
3: And what about you, Colton? Uh, I really like the idea of being like an archeologist and like just hitting it big one day. I don't know, <laughs> it's like, well, like the
0: idea. Well, you know that the oldest human turd was found right there outside of Paisley, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if people don't know that, but that's what you're famous for, is the <laughs> oldest human turd was found in a cave, in the Paisley Caves, just outside of Summer Lake where the hot springs is. And it's, I'm I'm making, I'm making light of it, but it is really like a huge discovery because it showed, um, well, you guys probably know better than I do, but it showed that, that man was there even longer than they thought it was. I mean, cause it was like a really old one. <laughs> so you're famous for that, you know? So I'm gonna, I wanna play something. Hold on, I'm gonna go find your radio stuff here. I've never done this before. It's is kind of a new thing for me, but here's a history minute. Now, listen.
2: Flying on a plane that had just been produced and was expected to be a turning point in aerodynamics during its era. You and three others are flying out to meet a friend and go hunting. Everything runs smoothly at first and the weather is perfect. Although you notice the weather is becoming increasingly aloof and so does the pilot. Your pilot informed you that he is going to fly lower to avoid the weather. Suddenly, you hear crashing noises, and before you have time to react, the plane has hit the ground. I'm Anna Robinson, and I'm going to take you on a trek through history to the Governor's Ridge plane crash of 1947. It was a sunny autumn afternoon when State Senate President Marshall Cornett, veteran pilot Cliff Hogue, Oregon Governor Earl Snell, and Oregon Secretary of State Robert Farrell Jr. took off from McNary Field in Salem, Oregon. They took off in a Beechcraft Model 35 Bonanza airplane that had just been introduced. These men set out on their journey toward an 80,000 acre ranch in Lake County, Oregon to meet one of the plane co-owners, Oscar Kittredge. Before arriving at the ranch, the men...
0: That is so cool. So you're like going back in those history moments and finding things. I've never heard of that. So... You know, because podcasting's so big right now, that's stuff people probably are. So, that's probably a lot of your audience. If more people found out, you've got really interesting stop, uh, topics, and it's stuff from Oregon to. I, I was also looking at this. Oh, here's Colton. Let me play one of Colton's.
3: <laughs> My who name is that? Colton Robinson, and I'm a ninth grader at Paisley School. Today, I'm doing a book talk on a book called Seas Behind Trees by Michael Doris. This book is about a Native American boy named Walnut who may have his own struggles and drawbacks. Even more than others, but finds a way to push his limits and surpass the expectations everyone, including his own mother, has put on him. I 100%
0: Okay, so what does this do for you guys? What have you learned about yourself?
3: Uh, Through what? (laughs) What have you learned about yourself? Um, Anna thinks very lowly of me.
0: No. What have you done? Because you, you, you're reading history, but you're probably reading stuff that you never really read before to do these assignments, right? Yeah. So is that a good thing? Uh, yeah, probably. So, Anna, what about you? Are you learning things about stuff? Like, I saw that there was one on suicide that you did a PSA on, on suicide. What Does that bring things home a little bit more for you guys?
2: Uh, it I, I've, it's never uh, affected me directly, but I've definitely learned a lot from all of these. And I've learned that I actually really like being on the radio from just the assignments in general.
0: Why? What has it done for you? What has it done for you that that regular life wasn't doing?
2: I think it's just the part about bringing me out of my comfort zone that always it I have a draw to that because I've always been in a shell and it's helping me break out of it.
0: And once you once you broke out, what did you discover about Anna?
2: Um, uh, that I can be really loud sometimes and that I have opinions. And if I'm able to just advocate for them, that I'm able to.
0: And that's huge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because there's enough people in the country right now who don't advocate for themselves and, and, and you're getting educated and you found a platform, which Stu, that's what I think is really cool too, is especially for a rural community, you're taking kids who might not have got to experience this and, and, and not that Anna and Colton are gonna end up on radio or TV, they could, but they may not, but, it's, but this is like a skill, like a life skill of confidence. Is that kind of what you feel radio? What does radio do to you think for these children?
1: Yeah, well, and I'm gonna kind of clarify one thing you said earlier, it, these guys aren't in a class they are in my English class and my history class so every student and this is what just blew me away last year and continues to blow me away this year is when I say we're going to do a book talk I, they go oh I don't like the way I sound on one, my voice or something like that but none of them said I won't do it I don't want to be on the radio every one of them said okay and every assignment I've done not, not a single kid has said I don't want to do that they do it they, you know they, they're shy a little bit but they all do it and it ties in the history class with the history minute and it ties in the book talk with the English class. And so it's co-curricular is the fancy word for it. But at Elmira, I had a, a radio class and it was the kids that were in there were the sweathogs, the, the class clowns, you know. I started actually in radio at, at KRVM in Eugene at Churchill High School with Brian James, a great teacher, but we were the sweat hogs and the silly guys and that's why we took the radio class, you know. So, so here, you, do every do you single kid here has been on the radio now. So what do you see it doing for them? I think it, it first of all, they get people hear them and say, I heard you on the radio. And that gives them a little bit of pride. You know, I, I think that's pretty cool. They hear themselves on the radio. They, they're a genera- generation that's not going to listen to our radio a whole lot, but they do sometimes. And I know their parents do and their grandparents do. And so that's a cool thing. I think the community really likes the kids. Like when we did the history minutes, almost all of them are from, or they're all from Oregon and most of them are from around here. And so they actually had to go to people that have been here for a long time and say, can you tell us about the shooting at the post office? And oh yeah, you know, and that type of thing.
0: So that so, was pretty neat. So you've twisted history and English and then you're fooling them because they're actually doing a speech class at the same time. <laughs> I know. I know, but I, we got to get everything out here so it's all really open. Yep. And then they, don't re- they don't realize really
1: that they're, they're interpersonal using-
0: skills to go out and ask people questions and reporting things. I mean, if you said to Anna a year ago or whatever, however long it was, we're going to put you in a speech class, Anna would have gone right out that door behind her, slammed it, and not come back. But you, you realize that you, Anna, you've got this ability. And you, uh, just from a guy who did this for a long time, you have a very good voice on there. And you, and you come across really well when you're doing that. And here, this is like simple. I bet you couldn't have done this um, before you took this class, could you? Do your parents ever look, Colton, I know what your parents do with you. Anna, do your, par- <laughs> do your parents ever look at you and kind of, are they, they think it's like, what happened?
2: Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask them, but I know that I've had f- friends who have noticed a difference because I never used to really talk a lot or be as loud as I am now with them. So,
0: so now when you're at home with Colton, do you? Is it more fair? Like he doesn't get to own the conversation anymore?
2: Uh, sometimes he still does, just because his voice is so much louder
0: than mine. Does he? Does he know yet that you're nicer and cuter and smarter? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were still here. I thought I'd taken you off the screen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anna, what do you like about Paisley? What do you love about living there?
2: Um, I like being in a small town because it's less crowded. I, I'm not a big fan of being in a city surrounded by hundreds of people that I don't know and don't know like what they do or anything like that.
0: When you go like to a big town, because I'm just speaking now, because I'm in this little 2200 person town and then I was just in Boise and it was beautiful and this, you know, neat to see and all that kind of stuff. But traffic and that it, it's all overwhelming when you have when you're away from it for a long time. It's kind of overwhelming, huh? Yeah. Hey, Dick, so, yeah, go ahead. I was going to mention one other thing,
1: too, that uh, just that tie in thing. And these guys can talk about it too if they want, but we also do radio dramas, and um, so the kids, <laughs> something that we, as a small school, can't have a drama class or you know or put on a play. All these kids are getting to act on the radio too, and that I think they have fun doing it. But uh, I
0: don't know you can ask them. So Colton, what did I'm sure you get into that, huh?
3: I already said drama plays. That's just. Oh, okay. Okay. wow.
0: Jeez. Do you do you like do you like doing the dramas, Colton?
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> I don't I don't really remember what was defined as a drama. Would um, well, the radio plays. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure what <laughs> meant by dramas, but yeah, our radio plays—they're always super fun. It's definitely better than his book reports he makes us do by a lot, oh. honestly. <laughs> Seriously,
0: so let's talk about Stu. Is he like like a really hard teacher like that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and did you just you just trying to help him get through and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Stu, when the thing that is so interesting to me and Kathy when we were there in Paisley was what um, that how innovative they have been. I mean, kind of out of necessity because of losing you know the dwindling population not a lot of kids and they had to kind of come up because now you've got online kids um you have kids come in how many online students do you have going to paisley virtually uh,
1: i think they're at the limit i think the last board meeting they said their their limit is 130 and so i think they got their 130th kid the other day and those are all actually in the i-5 corridor so we and have, a, how, whole, yeah, and so we have a whole yeah have kids
0: school over there Okay, so there's a the whole school of 130 kids from the I-5 corridor. So that helps bring money into the district to help these kids get to have a school as well. Yep, and they, then have, how, they
1: have four teachers and a principal there too, but they are part of our school too.
0: And that's virtual mostly?
1: That's all virtual. Well, they do, they do field trips and things like that, but they have no uh, bricks and mortar school.
0: Okay. And then how many kids at Paisley School?
1: Uh, I don't know the exact number right now, but it's around. I, we just got a couple new kids, and when you're we a small school, getting two new kids is a big deal. I think we're at 78 from kindergarten through um, twelfth grade, something like that.
0: And I think maybe Brandy Harris might be your two new students because she's on here saying moving here has been very peaceful for my children, and it's very enjoyable. So there's your two new students. I bet you.
1: <laughs> well, in, in, you know. You know and-
0: it's kind of funny
1: is because we did lose a family last year that had five kids. And it was like, you know, there was a little bit of stress about that. Two of them graduated and the other three moved to Montana, actually. But
0: Brandy oh. uh, yeah. says that would be us. She goes, yep, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um what's the, um, in terms of now exchange students too, because that's another thing they did was open it up to exchange. So tell people how that works too.
1: So we have a dorm. And the dorm is actually open to any, any kids uh, in the state can come here and go to school here and live in the dorm. And last year, we had one girl from Eugene that came here for half the year. Uh, we had a local boy that lived in the dorm, too, because, um, you know, it was he wanted to stay till he graduated and the family moved or something like that. Um, but anyway, the majority of the kids in the dorms are from all over the world. And each year we get new kids in and it's an awesome experience for those students from over the overseas but also for like the two students sitting here they get to meet people from all over the world and meet new cultures and things like that so so anna tell
0: me about that
2: um well it's difficult because every year we have people that come in for 10 months or so and then they leave and that's hard to say goodbye to them but it's Definitely a good experience to be able to meet new people and learn about different cultures from all over the world.
0: So, you know, honestly, you guys probably, you and Colton and your uh, your other students are probably, this is so weird because I think people think rural schools, um, you you know, you don't get everything everybody else gets. But you're getting an experience and probably a well-rounded education about the world. When I was there interviewing kids, they said there was kids there from muslims there were jewish kids there were kids from all over so you're not just experiencing a person you're experiencing their culture and instead of learning what um what what some people might think of jewish people or muslim people or or people from africa you're really experiencing that i mean that's kind of that's pretty cool isn't it anna
2: yeah it definitely is
0: i even when i was there there was a kid from paisley you guys probably know who he is, this has been a few years ago. But he actually, a girl from Brazil had come there, and he was marrying her. He was down in Brazil meeting her parents, that they were going to get married. I mean, what are the chances of somebody from Paisley meeting somebody from Brazil and starting a, a whole new life like that? You know, I mean, you're getting a really cool education, and I think sometimes people don't look at rural Oregon as providing that sort of education, right, Stu?
1: Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, it is sad. We do have a few. Very few, but a few community members that don't want their children to go here just because there's a Muslim here or something like that. So they'll old wow. school just to not let them interact with them, which is kind of sad.
0: Yeah, because you get a rich experience of understanding what people are like. And um, well, I guess that's their loss. And uh, how sad that you wouldn't experience that. So, do you guys, um, what are the, Colton, and I'm gonna, you and Anna both, either one of you can answer this or both of you can. What what are the things you think people, um, the misperceptions that people have about rural Oregon, little towns like yours, like Paisley?
3: Uh, I feel like a lot of people view Paisley as hillbilly country kinda, like as if everybody here is a uh, uneducated, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I I know a lot of people I've talked to who have a view toward people in Paisley. It's typically a negative view uh, toward a lot of us. But it's really realistically, there's a lot of good teachers like Mr. Burgess and Paisley, even though they give too much homework and (laughs) uh, a lot of good kids here, despite what a lot of people think. So, if, if you were going to tell
0: somebody what Paisley is like, okay, so let's, let's do this. You, you paint me a picture, okay, with words. <clears throat> and I want you to do, so you're like, it's like you're doing one of your PSAs, okay? And you're going to tell me Paisley, Oregon is, and don't tell me what it's not. I'm like, it's not a place of bumpkins and blah, blah, blah. But tell me what it is, Cole. <laughs> and if crazy. you get this wrong, you got an F.
3: What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I can give you an F? No, just I just play with it.
3: Just have some fun with me. Do that. What would you say? Um, <laughs> I can't catch your words. Paisley Oregon is a tightly woven, very close community for a lot of the people in it. Typically, the people more connected with the school. Um, <laughs> it. It has a lot of members who are very dedicated and a lot of members who are kind of passing by. I feel like everyone here really is, um, (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like most of the community is really kind and generous here and it's just a good town, I guess. (laughs) So um, Colton, don't sell yourself short, okay?
0: I won't. You're a smart kid.
1: He's got big feet too.
3: <laughs> you're happy I, Mr. Big Nose.
0: Um, I know you I know you kinda hide behind being funny and all that stuff, but you're pretty dang smart. And to do what you just did, that was really good. No, you just don't give yourself credit. <laughs> um, so Anna, what would you say to to people about um, rural Oregon?
2: Um, I think a lot of people like you said think that Paisley we don't get a lot of opportunities out here, but I definitely think that we get a lot more than most schools would with the foreign exchange students. And we get extra one on one help because teachers have more time for us because there's less kids that they have to deal with.
0: So will you guys, um, you know, Colton, what are you going to do when you or you didn't say. Oh, you want to be an archaeologist. So if you go away to school, would you come back to Paisley or someplace like it? Or would you go, I mean, it, I mean, obviously you don't know what you're gonna do, but but, would you, do you wanna raise, if you guys had a family, if you guys each had your own families, would you want, what, talk to me about that?
3: It, if I were an archeologist, my typical mindset is to think, I wouldn't really live anywhere. I'd kind of be a hopper of where I go and I'd get to visit a lot of places. I wouldn't necessarily, Come to a town. I might have to stay in towns like Oregon because, or like Paisley, sorry, um, where they have things like the Five Mile Caves, where it could be good for archaeology. I'm not dead set on being an archaeologist, but if I were to be one, uh, I probably wouldn't be settled down anywhere really. And but what if what if you found a beautiful wife and you had a kid? Where would you want to live? Uh. They would have to think I'm a handsome person and actually marry me, which is unlikely. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> so Anna, you are,
0: you, honey, I've, you put up with so much having that dude with a brother. I mean, honestly, how do you, the fact that you can even be here is just, you know, you must walk out of the house and just go, oh my gosh, Colton, you know, I'm teasing you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Anna, would when you get married someday, what would you, what would you want to be in a smaller town?
2: Um, yeah, I'd probably move back to a smaller town. I think for a while I'd go out and explore it and see what else there is, but in the end, I think I'd end up back in a small town.
0: So Stu, what about you, man? What do you what have you learned about yourself taking this job on? And um, you know, you're close to your family, forty minutes from your daughter and your ex-wife and your grandkids. But what what do you you know, when you sit down in, in, in Paisley, Oregon, and you look around, what do you think that people don't understand about? But, and you've been to Elmira, and that, but that still is closer to a big town. Um, right. Yeah. Some of the
1: things that surprised me here were really the uh, the wind, number one. I've never experienced so much wind. It's just something that we're not used to in the valley over there. Uh, but I've gotten used to that and the snow and the cold and stuff like that. But as far as the people, it's neat to see the uh, the stereotypic cowboy that you think a rancher is really legitimately down to earth, hardworking, love their kids. Uh, we had a community member that that had cancer last year and they had a night to rate at the saloon, the Pioneer Saloon, where every rancher came. Not a single person stayed home, you know, that kind of. Yeah. And then just how fast they pulled me into the community here. My neighbors, I take care of their chickens now when they go out of town and they take care of my dog. And, you know, it just, and that was an overnight thing. I think they introduced themselves that night, you know. Wow. And it's it's really neat to, you know, like last year we had snow and Colton was hookie bobbin' with his uh, four-wheeler. <laughs> And uh, I went out and hooky bobbed with the kids, you know, and, and that was something else. <laughs> but so that type of thing, where we're all kind of just uh, almost almost like a family in some ways, you know, it's kind of neat. But uh,
0: and I really I,
1: I can't stress enough how much those what you think a rancher is, that's what they are. They're yeah. hardworking people, you know, right. and they 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 love
0: it out here. And they do anything for you. Oh yeah. You know, definitely. I mean, when, we, when we moved to towns and people said, even if people don't like you, if you need a cup of coffee, they'll give it to you. Oh, said, that's,
1: a, that's a good way to put it. And they, they'll tell you their opinion while they're pouring the coffee, you know, right. <laughs> but they'll
0: pour the coffee. So do Anna and Colton, when you talk to your parents and stuff, just because Oregon is such a different place and rural Oregon is such a different place, and, and you may not know this, I'm just curious, because I'm into politics and elections. Do, you, do your parents feel like that their voice is heard in Oregon or do they feel like it's not heard, you know?
3: It's a call Go ahead, call. Huh? I'm not 100% sure. I, I know my mom's pretty uh, involved with the community and stuff like city council and stuff. Uh, so, as far as Paisley, I feel like she might feel like her voice is heard. There's a good chance she's watching this right now, so um, I don't really know. Um, as far as my dad, he's a pretty loud guy, and he kind of has his group of people he's involved with in around here, like Lake County, um, but as far as, like, more, like, Expanded, widely thinking. I doubt they really have a feeling their voice is well heard. But we, we need Go to ahead. point something out
1: here. And their uncle is our county commissioner
3: also. <laughs>
1: oh, James <laughs> William. I forgot about it. And uh, but just to show you that you know our our whole county only ha- has less than four thousand people. Um, yeah. James just our county commissioner, their uncle just sent me a text yesterday and said, "Hey, can I come?" join you on the radio and we'll, we'll rap about what's happening in, in government. And I'm like, yeah, come on down. He's already done it a couple of times. So it's great to have that kind of a community, you know, that, that the county commissioner says, Hey, can I come talk on the radio?
0: Hey, Colton and Anna. So now <laughs> I have a connection. I want to talk to your uncle on my show. I'm <laughs> you can, can we, can you guys work that out for me? No.
2: We'll talk to him.
0: Okay. Colton. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: not, I'm not dealing with you now, Colton. <laughs> no, I tell your uncle, are your, this is your uncle? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'd really love to talk with him about some rural Oregon things, stuff that's going on, just how people are feeling, whether they're feeling heard, that kind of stuff. I would love to do that as a live show, um, a full thing just with him. That would be super fun. So Stu has my email address and just have him get a hold of me. Okay. All okay. right. Well, you guys, that was so awesome. Um, I'm really impressed with the two of you. You must have good parents Oh, Colton. God. <laughs> and <laughs> and to, to Colton's mother and father, I am so sorry. <laughs> you didn't have to tell them that. They know it. Yeah, <laughs> they know. He pushes them. But see, the good news is they've got Anna. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's the bad news
0: no you guys are good thank you so much for sharing your guys' story and what you're doing over there and Stu, thanks for doing what you do i love that you took your life and you're blessing these people with um all the things that you love to do and that's the fun thing is you're not you're not it's not something you just came up with it's something that's naturally who you are and they're going to get that bug too and and i love how you're tricking them and Getting them to do speech class and all that stuff and they don't even know it. And I think, Stu, that we should double Colton's homework to just no. see what he's made of.
1: I'm still not
3: even done with my career homework, but don't tell Mr.
1: Yeah, if I double it, I'll still get zero. So
0: these <laughs> won't change. All right, you guys, thank you for joining on me. I really appreciate your time. Okay.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you. All right, see you guys later. Bye. All, right. Bye. All right. See you, Colton. See you, Anna. So there you go. That's rural Oregon. Um, yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's so funny. And you know what? They really do have a special thing going on over there. Um, when Kathy and I went there, um, we just walked away and I could not believe, you know, sometimes I think that the, what I came away from that story with them and go look it up on my YouTube, because it's really a great story um, is You know, when when you have to, you're innovative and maybe that's what's going to come up in our lives here with the with the recession, what's happening, what's kind of coming down is maybe we'll all have to get really innovative and find new ways and different ways of doing things. Um, And and that could be a real positive. I mean, really, um, it's scary. And you know, when the, when you have to learn how to do things is because the, the population was dwindling. So they were losing money and they had to find out, but they did discover a way to do it. And in the process created a better education experience for their kids, got more, got all these exchange students. So they're bringing diversity into their community um, despite maybe some don't like it, but they're still bringing diversity into the community. And um, and I think most people probably do actually like it um, from what we were talking about. But and then also bringing in teachers like Stu and other people like that. So it's a cool thing. Um, Again, our show is sponsored by JDEV Investments, Gyms at St. Clair and Daniel Basaraba, uh, rehabilitating and changing buildings and businesses and communities at the same time. And Dr. Michael Bratlin. In fact, let me run Dr. Bratlin's commercial real quick. Watch this. The midterm elections did not turn out the way many of us had hoped. So what can we do about it? Support local businesses that prioritize freedom of speech, tougher crime laws, and values that support a healthy community, not the same old song and dance that's gotten us nowhere. Even though my wife and I moved to Montana, we still come back to Eugene to see Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental. He says what he believes and puts his money where his values are by supporting those brave enough to push for change. And best of all, he and his team are just awesome. So if you've been thinking about changing dentists or you just don't have one, you need to go to Chris Dental. Call them today, and they'll do their best to see you today. And as always, uh, we'd like you guys to sp- uh, pay attention to our sponsors because that's how we get to be able to do this. Um, I, I was I wasn't going to air this, but I'm going to just because I have a little bit of time here. Um, yeah, I'm getting I'm running a little bit late. But um, Kathy and I went to the state capitol today. I did a story recently on some timber project, projects. Met a guy. We're friends now. He picked out the state tree that goes in the Capitol here in um, Helena, uh, not far from me, 40 minutes from me. And so Kathy and I were in town anyway, we went by to watch, um, and it's just so different from where we come from. And um, so anyway, I put together this little video to watch this for the last of the show. Today, Kathy and I uh, went to Helena, to the state Capitol uh, to watch the uh, Christmas tree this we put up and the lights uh, shine. and her kids' choirs and all that kind of stuff. And we went because a guy that I've met since I've been here, a friend of mine who works for Sun Mountain Lumber, um, he actually picked out the tree um, on a really special piece of land where there's a project going on where the timber's are being harvested and stuff. So we wanted to go support Sean, but we also wanted to support our new state. And um, we went in the capital for the first time, and you'll see some video I'm going to show you here in a second. Beautiful place. Uh, governor and the Lieutenant Governor, really special people. Um, but here's what really really we noticed right off the bat. Um, the Lieutenant Governor um, read a verse from the Bible about Christ coming to this planet um, to help us. And I, you'd never hear that in Oregon <laughs> at a state capital Christmas tree. I do not even know they put up a Christmas tree. Um, the second thing is, um, at the end, they handed out a little piece of paper and everybody saying joy to the world. <laughs> We're clearly not in Oregon anymore. Here's a little video to kind of show you what happened.
2: everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. and i want to thank all the folks that were involved at dnrc uh, the forest service sun mountain lumber uh, park logging and the montana logging association took a long time to pick
1: the right one and clearly it was the right one it looks good so super happy with it
0: glad the lights worked (laughs) i was waiting for the Chevy Chase moment. (laughs) it for this edition of get real with rick dancer tomorrow night um we are going to talk about measure 111 i have an attorney who's coming that's the measure that gives health care to all um bs free md that's tim and may uh doctors they do a podcast they're having alan thayer a local attorney in eugene on their show to talk about what this means what this actually is going to do how much it's going to cost that sort of thing So they're going to do the show tomorrow night on our show. And then they have it already taped for their show. So you'll get to know them. You'll get to know Alan. And we're going to talk about Measure 111. And then on Thursday, we have our weatherman. We've got Bill London doing your news off of KPNW. He'll be here. Uh, We haven't had him for a couple of weeks because of some stuff going on. And then Kim Stark will be here. Um, I think we're going to talk about um, healthy, getting yourself healthy for the uh, the flu, cold and flu season that's coming up. And I guess in Oregon, it's getting pretty bad. So um, Kim thought we should talk about that. All right. Share this on your page because Facebook is always trying to throttle back. They don't like everything I say. Isn't that sad? Censorship is alive and well in Facebook. (laughs) Oh, well. Just like in Paisley, we work around it. We find ways to work around it. And we do. All right. I'll talk to you later. Share it on your page. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.